the goopery, the gaggery, the gaga-ness. Hello, my name is Noah, and I am joined by my wonderful husband, Akeem. Uh, and this is episode three of our podcast where we discuss uh, culture and news and entertainment uh, regarding lefty liberal agendas. <laughs> and this week we are talking about queer cultures. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast. I hope you have fun listening to Behave. So. Things that have happened in our life this week. Um, we have one thing that is queer related that has happened today. Sex? Um, not sex. No, no, that did happen today, but not... See, I was half yeah. correct. Do I get half a point? <laughs> Do I get half a point? You get half a point. Um, no point. As was wonderfully recorded by my sleep app. Yeah. I didn't realise until it was like, talking. And I was like, sleep talking? What? At half two in the morning and I had a look and I was like, oh, those are my sex noises. Um, They're very different from snoring. They are very different. I now know what I sound like um, upon uh, release of sexual tension, so that's fun. I feel the need to say the F word. Um, but no, also, we were um, we were in a court case last week. And it was week. nothing like Legally Blonde. Nothing I definitely like. expected to have uh, Elwood to appear and say, Chutney Windham, it was you all along. The rules of hair care are simple and finite. Any Cosmo girl would have known. Donna stumpy your lassies and Prada shoes like me, honey. Yeah, I'm so taking the dog, asshole. <laughs> I'm taking the dog. So, yeah, so we were in a court case. Uh, we were in a court, we can't talk too much about it because, you know, don't want to get in trouble. Um, three years ago, we were in a car accident. So a car came out of a, um, of a junction, it hit us on a roundabout. We were already on the roundabout um, and have maintained that for the last three years because it is the truth. You can't handle the truth! She's dragged it out for three years. Delusion, convince <laughs> yourself. For an entire day of um, of having to give evidence and argue Five our case. Hours. It, five yeah, hours. Yeah, it was a very long time. In fact, well, actually, no, it was, it was five hours until we came back for the judge and then we had to wait an hour, so. It was, it was, it was six it was, or seven hours in total. To say that this is not how I like to spend my annual leave, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, but um, at the end of it, the judge basically said there's absolutely no way that it could have happened the way that she said. And we won. Yay. Long story short, we won. We did. Um, but sadly, no no financial benefit. Um, Akeem already got theirs because you were injured in the crash. So you got yours about a year and a half and that kept us alive. My payout. Um, probably looked after the most important part and that is um, when we moved to a new city we realised we needed to go out and explore the gay scene and I was always happy to get us an Uber <laughs> home and unlimited tequilas. So... That is true, yeah. So we, so yeah, so it was that. Uh, that was fun. Um, but yeah, we won it and that's great and now we never have to deal with it ever again um, and um, I should at some point get a refund for all of the premium that my car insurance went up. Um, snaps so, for Noah. Snaps for Noah. Um, so yay, fun times. The other thing um, that is more related to this week's uh, podcast is um, I did a podcast. Oh no, that not that. We're currently doing a podcast. Oh no, you I did. did a podcast. Oh yeah, do you want to talk about your? You talk about your podcast. I yeah, did a podcast yeah. about social mobility and um, you're invited on as a guest. Yeah, I, was, I don't know if I'm a big dial, but I'm totally a big dial. Um, so I was asked to. Um, join the pod um it's called climbing the ring rungs go go listen to it on spotify um 
yeah, it's a social mobility podcast that kind of helps um, tell stories of, of uh, individuals that made it out of, uh, I was going to say the ghetto, because I had uh, Eric Cartman in my head. Um, in the ghetto. But yeah, it's a social I love that you went Eric Cartman, I went both Dolly Parton and Elvis Presley. Oh no, I, I saw South Park in my head. Oh. In the ghetto. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, social mobility podcast, um, and um, yeah, I was asked to kind of talk about my life experiences, uh, what I do for work, and um, yeah, exciting times. So she's becoming a media girl. <laughs> she is indeed. Um, how how was it doing a podcast that wasn't this one? Um, a it was we had ninety minutes and ninety minutes only, so that was a bit like. Yeah, instead of me being like, although today, uh, yesterday, I was like, right, the last one took two and a half hours. We, I'm giving you an hour and a half. You get an hour and a half, and that is it. I'm not going over an hour and a half. We're blaming me here. I, no, I hear this a lot. No, I mean, in fairness, in, do you hear that? I do the editing, and I hear who talks the most. Now that's bullying. Did you see that? We're breaking news. The LGB Alliance has been given charity status. LGB? Where's T, babe? Where's T? Well, that's Where's the point. Where's the T, babe? Um, so, yeah, so the LGB Alliance, um, for anyone who doesn't know what the LGB Alliance is, um, it is a hate group. Um, it's an anti-trans hate group that has been um, making the rounds over the last year and a half, um, mainly egged on by, um, ev- by everyone's favourite transphobic writer, um, Jake, it's just really hard for me to say it um, without wanting to be sick, but JK Rowling. What an idiot. They have been going around and like a lot of um, a lot of queer places have been kicking them out and being like, no, you're not welcome here, which is great. Like TERFs. Um, well, because they, they are TERFs. Um, so the the um, the government has said this is their they're kind of going on. The commission looked at whether the LGB alliance's purpose inevitably involves the denigration of the rights of transgender people, and considered that it did not. The commission noted that the LGB alliance asserts that it engages constructively and respectfully with trans representatives, um, has a number of supporters within the transgender community, and invited transgender supporters to attend and speak at meetings. Uh, Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Oh my god. Stop fucking lying. The LGB Alliance explains its position on the basis that it seeks to protect women and young people in particular. It argues, for example, that some spaces should be limited to biological women where they are potentially at risk. There has been mm. literally no cases of any cisgender woman being attacked by a transgender woman in a women's space. There have, however, been several instances of transgender women being attacked in women's spaces by cisgender women, either being forced out of them, either being physically attacked, um, being called out, uh, being pointed out. And it also, it just, it assumes that you would know. Oh, we can always tell. Yo no, you can't. No, shit. No, you can't. Yo don't know shit. Yeah. Think of um, Tracy Norman in the 80s, who was, um, she's essentially the story for Angel in season two of Pose. Um, but she was a model for Clairol, so mm. like hair dye in America. And no one knew she was a working model and no one knew she was trans. She was on boxes. Mm-hmm. You had her face on boxes that women were using yep. as hair dye and no one knew until mm-hmm. someone decided to out her. Don't act like you know these yep. things. Oh, sorry, is that cisgender violence against trans people and not the other way around? Mm. Wow, it's almost like we're just trying to live our lives. Even if you are a 
trans woman who looks particularly masculine mm-hmm. because, you know, that's your genetics. So you can't help it. I have seen fucking Margaret down the road. You! You go to a small parish village and look at the women there. Oh, honey. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, people... They love to smoke. They love a good cigarette. Deidre Barlow with yeah. a... Uh, they, Ken. Love, they love a smoke. They, they love not using moisturiser. No ju- All the judgement. Not even no judgement. <laughs> moisturiser. Yeah, you tell me off all the time. Um, and they love the sun. They love going to Benidorm. They love going to the sun. They love being mallorca. Yeah, ageing mm. like old milk. Yeah, well, that's the point. Like, there are plenty Stick of cis women. Plenty. Oh, God. There are plenty of cis women who, who, are, who look very masculine. Um... So are we just going that any any woman with broad shoulders and a strong jaw, they're automatically going to be trans? Oh, Not so the case. So many models. The masculine, feminine women who have yeah. pushed forward comedy, um, politics, music. Like, they push forward the world mm-hmm. and you just completely disregard them because now you're like, well, I can tell they're a man. They're not a man. Just because you yeah. are trans doesn't mean that you can't be a soft trans man. Mm. You can't be feminine... Like you'd have mm. to be ultra masculine. You yeah. aren't got Mick. You are um, who's that porn star one? Buck Angel. Angel. Passing privilege comes a lot easier mm-hmm. to to trans men on hormones than it does to to trans women on hormones. Because you go through your um, let's move with a Justin Bieber haircut with a Tosh stage. Baby, 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 no. <laughs> um, and then yes. if you're yes, lucky, we do. <laughs> if you're lucky, you grow facial hair. Yeah, and you either grow facial hair and keep your whole head of hair passing, grow facial hair, male pattern boldness, or no facial hair, male pattern boldness. Mm. And all of those things are men things. So Also voice and stuff, like it Yeah, yeah, testosterone is a very, very strong hormone. Um and um but I mean there are women with PCOS. So it's just polycystic ovarian syndrome where their testosterone is higher. It's just the idea Women who have smoked for years have deep yeah cultural. the uh women with deeper voices so if your baby cries a lot and you don't stop the crying the baby cries and cries and cries cries and cries and cries that creates micro tears on the vocal cords and that, mm. that's why emma stone's got that's why emma stone has such a deep voice so if you hear that mm. women have cis women have deep voices the ones that are known for those sexy maybe not that low uh Sexy, se- <laughs> se- sexy, deep, femme fatale. I'm going to request you never use that voice in the bedroom. Always, always. The LGBT Alliance are, are absolute garbage. Garbage. garbage um, mama. Here's, here's something from their actual website um, that I found. What do we want to do? Advance the interests of LGB people, which we see as being in danger now. We believe that attempts to introduce confusion between biological danger. sex. Yep. Um, we believe that attempts to introduce confusion between biological sex and the notion of gender are harming LGB people. By LGB, we mean lesbian, gay, bisexual. Also wants to amplify the voices of lesbians. No one's quieting them. Uh, we believe it's wrong for children to be labelled masculine or feminine on the basis of clothing. Okay, cool. No one's so, saying trans so people are so also saying that. Um, uh, and in some cases, to be led to believe that they might be trapped in the wrong body. No one leads trans kids to, to believe anything. Promote free speech. No one said you can't have your free speech. It's ridiculous. It's the same kind of queer fear that was used in the 60s that's happening now that, you know, the, the gays are coming into your villages. They are 
uh, corrupting young minds. They're making them queer. No one made you gay. No one made you trans. Oh, I'm enraged. Yeah, the four so, markers have hit and I'm mad. Yeah, so in case it's not clear, we are against the LGBT alliance. Um, and I'm... I'm Trans people are the gender that we say we are. We are valid, um, and we deserve to be in spaces that are designed for people if, of our gender. And that's the end of it. If you don't see that the system is written so that you being queer, you being black, and you being a woman is already half written out of the constitution, why do you think trans people are any different? Everyone's mm. being written out because they don't fit in. So if you aren't actively fighting all of these things, if your feminism doesn't include trans, disabled, people of colour, you are a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Second I just think it's wild. I just think it's wild, Noah. Yeah. If you have bigoted views, you need to look in, inside yourself and figure out why you have them, because they came from somewhere. So find out the root of them, rip it out of the root. That's... That's how you get rid of bigotry, but yeah, so they've been given charity status and that means they get like funding and shit from the government, which is fucking stupid. But I imagine there's going to be some form of backlash against that. So the main topic today is queer identity and culture. Um, So um, I think we should, should we briefly kind of discuss our identity and our, our journey to that? Um, identity? Yeah, yes. dog, it's not a so doll. Um, so I uh, have, as I've been very honest about in the previous episodes, um, I'm a transgender man. Oh my god! Yeah. Shocking, right? Um, so I'm a transgender man, um, and I'm also gay. Um, and that was an experience <laughs> to try and get uh, get across. Well, I was quite masculine as a child, and looking back, I realised it was my brain was was identifying with what the boys were being told to do. So I was doing that. Always got on with the boys when I was younger. And, um, and yeah, I, um, it was a discovery of myself. When I was 14, I came out as, I came out as a lesbian. Did you not do bi, les first? I did not. I came out as a lesbian first. Did you then go backwards Um, momentarily? Um... Yes, actually. Like yeah. Good, because I was um, going to call you out. I was like, I remember your Tumblr saying bye. Did it? Yeah, because I even texted you about it. I sent you a screenshot and said bye question mark, and you said, yeah, I need to update that. Yeah. Um. Well, that's it. That's another uh, topic, isn't it? So whilst I identify as a homosexual, um, I'm bi romantic. Yeah. So you're, you're, yeah. There's there's overall lots of layers. I'm, I'm queer. Yeah. I identify mm. with queer because I am I'm bi romantic. I can fall in love with, and that that took a long time to to figure out. So that's why it was such a long kind of journey for me figuring out who I was. Because first I had, oh. Well, I know that I, I have really strong emotional attractions to, to women and I'm really masculine, so therefore I'm probably a lesbian. So I just came out as a lesbian mm. and that was that. Did you get the haircut? Um, I did, yeah. Knew it. Um, did you get the Shane? I or? did, yeah. That was it. I literally took a picture of Shane to the, to the hairdressers. And then I was in a relationship with a woman for two years. Um, was still, I was still confused because I knew that I was attracted to women um, in a romantic sense, but not in a sexual sense. Mm. So I kind of had no idea what was going on. Didn't want to admit that I was, I was gay. I'm not sure whether I like the limp wrist. Because I was like, I'm already trapped. Don't make it harder for yourself now. I'm not sexually attracted to women. And when I was with a woman mm-hmm. for the entire time, um, I would fantasize about being with a man. So... Um, Any man in particular? No, I would just pretend that we, we used strap-ons a lot, and I, so I would just pretend I was being fucked by a man. Um, yeah, um, so there was there was that. Um, but I don't, I don't know what it is about women that I'm not sexually attracted to. I just know that I'm not, um, which was a very difficult thing to figure out. But romantically, I am. Although you give me a woman with, with good hair, boom, 
mesmerised. But it's not a sexual thing, it's just I'm mesmerised by them. I think the point, the point when I realised that I was I was gay was that like I enjoyed sex with women um, because it was sex and, you know, it feels nice. But then I had sex with a man for the first time and despite it not being a great experience because I was pissed as a fart um, and so was he, um, I lost my... I lost my V card in a threesome. Hey, it was the horn jumped out. Even though it wasn't, it wasn't good sex. I didn't come, so. Thank you for always reminding me that the top doesn't matter. Were you identified as a female back then? No, no. This was when I was twenty-one, so I was, I was, I was male. Hmm. Okay, then maybe not then. Um. So yeah, I um. Even though I didn't come, it was still a better experience than having sex with women because it was a man and I didn't really realise and it just kind of clicked in place there and I was like oh so I'm gay um, so then I came out as gay um, and then I had the fun experience of figuring out that I am a feminine man oh, I um, was there for this journey you were there I for this there. journey yeah um, and I went from being very kind of closeted and not wanting people to know that I was trans to now I, I'm like I'm going to do drag I'm going to put makeup on I'm going to wear what I want to sequins yas queen um, and I'm very proud of being a, a flamboyantly homosexual um, trans man. Mm. Um, so that's my journey. Yeah, I don't want to say What's that yours? my um, visible target I put on the two of us made you be like, well, I'm going to guess eventually. Well, no, I didn't mind people knowing I was gay. I just didn't... I just wasn't comfortable with expressing the feminine side of me. And I think that was more that I was worried about how other people were going to perceive me. I didn't have enough confidence in myself at the Feminine. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and now I'm like, well, I, oh, well, I know well, I'm a man, so why yeah. the fuck does it matter? If I want to wear a flowy bronze jacket that goes to the floor with a sleeveless shirt with matching bronze buttons, I will. Well, indeed, yeah. I will. Indeed. But yeah, that was my that was my journey. What was the what was the Akeem journey to oh. discovering who you are? Um, I came out at C1516, um, just before prom, um, and I went to prom with a girl who had recently came out as a lesbian. Hey! Um, <laughs> we were that couple. We were the, like, the beards of the school, and everyone was like, oh my gosh, did you see Akeem's Bebo status? He is a gay! Quite the scandal, actually. Yeah, I came out as gay, um, I thought that would deal with, um the deep deep depression it did not uh if anything it made it worse because everyone was like oh my god you're gay but you're still a bit weird and i was like oh my god <laughs> i don't know what that means um probably didn't help that people always just thought you were a girl oh yeah as well um i was like 20 stone i had hair down to my shoulders like um shaka khan yeah, I once went to Pride once and was kidnapped by a few lesbians. Your voice didn't break till you were about 18 either. Didn't no, it literally didn't. Um, yeah, I had a cold and um, when the cold disappeared, um, my voice broke with it. <laughs> and this was year 12, halfway through year 12. So, um, yeah, the guttural tone that you hear now, not always been around. Um, so I uh, came out then... Um, didn't really do anything. Then it was a weird gender thing because I looked not male and um, was coded as female. I uh, didn't really know that what that meant with um, sexuality. Um, I thought I was trans, uh, binary trans. Uh, did some gender doctor appointments and to go on hormones and all that shit. Um, but then felt a lot of pressure to 
decide there and then, so decided to halt and went to university. Didn't you have a trans girl that was also transitioning at the same time as you were, were starting to, who kept on kind of trying to push you to get breast augmentation? Well, I already had tits. I have big tits. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, just kind of like pushing with the doctor's appointment and then hormones and like the journey together. I said journey together. They'd already been on it a few mm. years. Um, so do you feel like your your opportunity to, to discover yourself was kind of stolen from you by other people deciding? No, because obviously I was in Tamworth and Tamworth's a shithole with <laughs> no culture and their like, mascot is some pigs. So... <laughs> But I guess I then found myself when I went to university. I lost about 12 stone a year. I had a haircut. I went from being coded as non-binary to female to instantly male. Um, And that then itself took a mental toll because I didn't know what that meant. Um, Yeah, it was very strange seeing one image for like, 19 years and then having a haircut it was a completely different person standing in front of the mirror um so um yeah dealt with that for a bit came to my transish body in its current form when i was 21 22 i think um it was the discovery of bow ties one day i wore bow ties and then i liked them and then hey they bring together colors and outfits that's also helpful (laughs) but b um yeah, it, people code you instantly as smart. Um, I'm normally queer, which is also helpful. Bowties um, are a very queer thing. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Matt Smith. Um, yeah, good. so that was my journey, I guess. Um, I did bisexual for a bit as well. Yeah, and, you know, obviously people make jokes about it being a stepping stone and stuff. and it, But it, it, it's not. It's obviously, A, there are people who who are bisexual forever. Mm. Um and there are people who identify as bisexual because the education isn't out there for us to understand who we are like it is for straight people. Mm-hmm. We have to make that all ourselves. And, and and if you know, especially because a lot of, of gay people will have close friendships with people who are of the opposite gender and, and such, you you do you confuse the feelings. It's very, mm-hmm. very, very difficult to, to understand the difference between a very loving friendship and a, uh, an attraction to somebody sexual attraction to somebody when you're 14 and your hormones are flying everywhere your um sexual identity is itself splintered Mm. that you have emotional attraction you have sexual attraction Mm -hmm. we put asexual as a category for sexual attraction and romantic attraction that it means that you are both of these things Mm. so when we say you are gay straight asexual it means you're just not interested in anything and anyone and that is why wider society understands it but we don't tell people that you know you can be heterosexual biromantic you can fall in love with a man most men do that's their best friend they just don't realise it Mm -hmm. Um, and that could be little things like the rise of bromance where people just want to cuddle and have that intimate affection with their male friends they don't want to have sex with them because they don't they're not attracted to men but they love their friend more than they do their girlfriends their wives their significant others and they don't understand why so we just don't teach these things so uh so yeah so it's been a it's been a journey for for both of us um and um and you know we probably we wouldn't be where we are now without um a sense of queer culture and community um so yeah and also kind of visibly seeing it and seeing mm. i um seeing representations that really step outside of your known experience, your um, visual imagery, 
that is so authentically queer or, or authentic in their identity that it then you do things you wouldn't normally do that when you look back at your young self you're like I can't believe I walked around in all these heels like <laughs> that shit's uncomfortable it's fine when I was standing in my house and yeah. it was comfy we're like walking in the wall six hours of walking what were you thinking like things like that yeah. that you are so in the pocket of it that you do you go into a performative aspect like you're at a ball and mm. you're going to get that realness prize that you know, it's those experiences of just momentarily living in your authentic self, even if it's a ridiculous situation. Mm. Um, mm. So, you know, you take those swings and you look at them now, five, ten years later, you're like, I would never do that. Why did I do that? Why yeah. did I do that? What's the first kind of queer representation that you can remember seeing that you were like... Oh, God. Not the one that you, not one that you remember seeing, but one where you, you remember seeing it and going... That's my oh, tribe. why does that resonate so hard with me? That was... Um, it's going to be an odd book. So I had my first, like, these are my people, like, queer people, like, knowing, seeing it, and being like, that is what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual answer, which I didn't realise until a lot later in life, was witches. Witches in media, specifically Samantha Stevens in Bewitched. Yeah, you have a theory, don't you, about witches I and gay people? I believe that queer people gravitate to witches because they have this secret... And have a favourite witch. Oh my God, they all have a favourite witch. Who's your favourite witch? Okay, I'm I'm like an officiant. <laughs> that's, that's too difficult. Is it Endora? Is it Samantha? It's never Samantha Stevens. It's never Samantha. It's not the Piper. Um, it would be Piper Halliwell. Uh, yeah, you know who mine is. My favourite witch is Ursula. Yeah, so so what what was it about witches that made you think, damn, I'm gay? They were outsiders in society who had a secret that made them extraordinary, that made them sensational, that they had to disguise and hide to be seen as normal. Uh, but I think my first... Um... It's also because queer people are magic. Oh my god, honestly. Um, first visual representation of some. Oh, now I remember who my tribe is. It was um, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It yes. was the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. I, it used to play on ITV in the early hours, um, like randomly. Um, and I remember accidentally catching it once and seeing. Um, How do do I? my. Which song's that? I'm just a sweet transvestite. So, obviously, like a true gay, that was the first image of Rocky Horror I'd ever seen. And I turned the channel just as Tim Curry opened the uh, lift and said, How do do I? And it was, oh no, it was just before then. So I just saw this lift. I thought it was the whole Suvers advert. Then there was a heel, and I was like, I don't remember this heel, and it was a bit strange. And then the door opened, it turned around, it was a man in drag. And I was like, what is this yeah. tomfoolery? I need it. I watched all of the end of um, Rocky Horror. And then for a while, when I saw it in the TV guide, I didn't, I thought I'd misremembered the film. So a few times I had went to go and watch it, because, you know, scouring the TV guide after mm-hmm. that, because we used to get the Radio Times. Um seeing if um, the Rocky Horror was ever on late at night and I would set an alarm and wake up and watch it. And um, every time I'd, I'd watch it, or at least the first five minutes, I was really disappointed because I couldn't figure out what was going on. 
it was like this weird almost black and white film it was a wedding there were people that I didn't really recognize mm. didn't really care I thought I'd got the wrong film it's so heterosexual at the start yeah and yeah. I thought I'd got the wrong film and I was really really upset for a long time because I couldn't remember what this film was anyway one day I decided to stick through it and I was like oh my god oh my god it's the same film as soon as the, the advert starts coming down, like, I know what this is! Yeah, I was like, oh my god, this yeah. is the same film. And, um, yeah, that was my first view of gayness. And I accidentally um, almost outed myself as a, A, a gay, and B, even more of a serious crime, watching TV at 11 o'clock that I shouldn't have been. Um, I know what you're going to say, I know the when story. When my Uncle Graham was on one of the <laughs> episodes, I remember being like, oh, that's Graham! Yeah, and then um, we saw him at The super my... queer-friendly vicar. Yeah, I saw him at my um, nan and granddad's, like, gold or silver, maybe ruby, uh, anniversary, and all the family was there. And he was talking about something, and um, he said, oh, I don't know if any of you saw it. I was on... And I was like, Graham, no, the other night. <laughs> and he was like, everyone turned around and looked at me. He was like, how did you know that? And I was like, uh... uh Luckily, he had just told his wife in the kitchen he was going to bring it up and I'd overheard. So I was like, oh, I overheard. He told, um, he told Tors in the kitchen. And um, they were like, ah, oh, ah. Uh. No one questioned me. No. So obviously, um, about a year and a half ago, we moved to Manchester. Obviously, we haven't been able to uh, do as much as we'd like to because they're all Rona. Um, but... How has it felt moving from Nottingham where we lived before, where the gay scene had... had diminished. Had You'd diminished, watched it. Yeah. We'd been there nearly a decade. Yeah, in, watched it go. And we had watched it go from a thriving mm. scene that went from um, propaganda to NG1 with bars along the way. Different variety of bars. There was drag bars. There were shop bars. There was an old man pub. You could go down its version of a gay village... Yeah, it took a, few, a lesbian bar. Yeah, it took a few detours. You know, you go down a, a strip and there wasn't some gay bars, but like, at least you were going in a straight line yeah. that had visible. You knew there were safe places. places. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, to having one establishment that was queer friendly. Attitude free space. Attitude free space. Gross garbage mm. vomit. Yeah. Um, was was actually really quite quite sad, and mm. that then took a toll on how much I would go out or socialise. Mm. And then we moved to Manchester. Yeah. And for a few months, until the Rona hit, we had a wonderful queer time. Honey, I didn't even see you. I didn't even see this <laughs> house. You say Friday to Tuesday, I didn't even see that. Yeah. How did it How did it feel when we moved here? Um, yeah, it was nice. There was a variety. There was an entire two streets to go down. Um, three streets to go down. Well, we have the entire village. If, yeah, you, the if village, you break it down... The village it, it's isn't a, just like... an Like, the village wasn't just like one street. I was used street. to her street in Birmingham. Yeah. So, and also that... Well, I thought, I thought before we moved here, I thought, well, until we came... Not before we moved here, but before we actually came to visit, mm. I thought that the, the village was just Canal Street. Yeah. I didn't realise there was more. Yeah. It's, it's nice that there is different genres of nightlife and establishments and not nightlife. You can get food... You can go for coffees, um, you can go to a burlesque bar, you can go to a show tunes bar, you can go to a drag bar, you can go to mm-hmm. a, a fetish bar, you can go for a very masculine men only bar, you can go to a women's only nightclub, you can do all of these yeah. things, you can, it's like a buffet, mm. there's even a Chinese in the middle of it. Yeah, But like there's also, um, they, they have history, like the REM, mm. the REM has so much history. Mm. 
um, and it's now a hotel, and at the, the, it just oh, we went just to having... watch McCall it. Um, we got Molly House lot. Oh, Molly House, love Molly House. Yeah. yeah, Molly House is great. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I think that it's been it's been wonderful um, moving here. We haven't been able to to go and things are only just opening up mm. again, and we don't want to go until you've had your vaccine, which is fair. Um, it it's just it's been wonderful to go. It's been really lovely to go somewhere and be able to hold your hand and not feel like someone's going to kick me in the face mm. for it. It's been lovely to walk down the street knowing that you can dress however you like, and all that's going to be said is that you look fabulous. Mm. Um, it's lovely oh, to walk aren't down, you cold? or are you cold? Yeah, it's lovely to just be sat by the canal and you look and you just see you see two dads and their kids walking down mm. with, down the village with their with their dog with their pop. And you see, and their child, and you see lesbian couples with their their children. You see trans people who are open and proud of it, and mm. um, and um, there are um, there are trans flags in, in almost every window to say that you know this is a safe space for mm. you, and like things need to be changed, and there does need to be improvements and stuff. But you know we're moving on, we're learning, um, and for all the faults that there are in the village, and there are a fair few. And, you know, until recently, the LGBT Foundation was there and then they had to give up the, the space because of COVID and stuff. So um, when there was a sexual health clinic there where I used to work um, and um, there was just there was just a community mm. there, which was which was fantastic. Um, and I really can't wait to just kind of jump back in. And, and as soon as you've, you've got your jump vac- in. As soon as you've got your vaccine, I've got my second one in a couple of weeks. But as soon as you've got your vaccine, go for a drink and enjoy being around queer people again. Um, I mean, going to be lovely. Um, I mean, North John. Um, and it's it's something that um, cisgender heterosexual people just don't understand the importance of having these spaces. Yeah, I think that queer spaces are really important, and it's it's really important for us. Yeah, support queer spaces, support queer business, support queer people. Um, if you aren't queer yourself, um, just try to understand that these are spaces that make it possible for us to live safely um, in a world that doesn't particularly want us to at the moment. That's not to say that you're not welcome. Everyone is welcome in queer spaces, but understand that if you're not queer, you're a guest. Mm. How many nipples? How many nipples? How many nipples? How many nipples? Uh, So, uh, this week, uh, How Many Nipples, we are going to be rating... Um, a show about queer identity. Queers. Called Work in Progress. Can I ask a question? Uh, yeah. Before you do, mm-hmm. can I just remind you of one thing? Mm-hmm. It is not the job of the queer community, in this case, me, to teach the straight cis community, in this case, you. That being said, what's your question? I'm not, you know what, I'm good. Uh, work in Progress uh, used to be on... Logo, I believe. No. no. Uh, what was the one that? Um, the L word. It was on immediately after the L word. Showtime. Showtime. There we go. I knew there was some form of circle with the word in it. Um, so yeah, it was on. Um, it was on Showtime uh, just after the L word, Generation Q, uh-huh. uh, which was also great. We should talk about that at some point. Um, and, uh, it follows the story of, um, of a woman who identifies as a dyke, not a lesbian. She identifies as... Fat queer dyke. As a fat queer dyke. That's what she refers to herself as. This fat, struggling queer dyke, and that is my identity. Um, and, yeah, she doesn't, she never calls herself a lesbian, it's always dyke. And, um, 
she ends up getting into a relationship with a trans man. Um, and it's kind of the whole show is about her kind of exploring this while she's also struggling with mental health problems um, and trauma from her past and stuff. Um, and the trans man knows that she's only ever dated women before. She's only ever dated women before. As I said, she's very transparent about she's it. She's very transparent about it. Um, and she also doesn't see him as um, female. As female, no. He see, she's if, if anybody says that he is, she's the first one that's there. That's like, no, he's a man. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a queer perspective that I don't think we have ever seen before. No. Thank you for that analysis. That's Thank the you. end of. Thank you. That's uh, me. I'm here yeah. all weekend. Um, <laughs> I've just I've just had a look, and it is one of the writers is uh, Lily Wachowski. Ah. That makes sense. That it's so good. Because, it does make sense. Um, yeah, it's um, it's a representation we haven't seen. Also, like families' reactions as well as things that you, you don't normally see. Like, not only is she a lesbian. A lesbian, a dyke, a queer fat dyke, mm. um, a a woman that has only ever dated women, mm-hmm. bringing home a man, but bringing home a trans man. So like, what does that even like? Mm. Um, and yeah, her sister's really good with it, and uh, like he's always around like her family and raising the kids and um, looking after them, and it's just a yeah, it's a really good. Um, mm. And his view of kind of the world and um, his identity helps her with her depression and OCD and Mm. um, suicidal thoughts she has. So like, and he's 23 years her junior as well. Yeah, he's really young, isn't he? So she's like 45 and he's like 22. And um, that kind of like generational differences around like mental health, um, gender identity, um, sexual identity, romanticism um there's the stark differences with like her group of core friends who are oh. like 40 year old um lesbians and uh queer women um and his world that is very mm. 22 25 yeah. young queers it's interesting um, watching the group of lesbians reacting to him mm. as well some of it is what you would kind of expect. Some of it is your turfy, can't believe they're here, stealing our like, good women, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, some of them um, really question Abby's identity um, and kind of like, well, how can you say you're a dyke when you, you're now in a relationship with a man? And she's like, because it's more than what I thought it was. And mm. it's kind of, it's about this, um, this journey. Yeah, and it's kind of, I really like it because, I mean, we have friends who... Um, who identify as one way and, and are in relationships with people that um, kind of go against that entire definition. We have mm. one of our very good friends is a lesbian. Um, her boyfriend knows she's a lesbian. When they got together, she thought she was bisexual. She realised during the relationship that she was in fact a lesbian, um, but she loved and was attracted to to him and him alone. And they worked it through and and uh, and stayed together. And they're one of the strongest couples that we know, aren't they? <laughs> they... Mm. Um, and it's because they have that understanding and yeah, it's, it's the, the show I think, um, covers a lot of different grounds of kind of what, what it is to identify as queer, what it is to identify in a certain way. Why is it that lesbian has never felt okay for her, but dyke has, Mm. that's the word, like I was saying earlier with how like, I never wanted to say lesbian, I was a gay Mm. and that was because 
inside my my brain clearly went you're not a woman who likes women so you're not mm. a lesbian how how good do you think um work in progress has been for it is, queer representation it's interesting because it's like looking so um a lot of people didn't like looking because it was normal it was a normative uh, normal representation of queer life and people thought it was boring and you know um there's not a lot of sensationalism in uh work in progress mm. um by the first episode yeah we won't say what happens because it's a shocker but, but a spoiler bar yeah. something that happens in the first episode there is nothing else um bar trans lived experience mm. um happening and they don't sensationalize it you know getting stopped um on the metro by the police mm. um being asked to leave a bathroom um I think it's great because it's a normal story of like two people fall in love mm. like it is for the 12,000 white sick white white cishet sitcoms we've got out there that are just yeah. normal um whereas this is funny and serious um but also it does something that we don't we don't ever get and it did something that I've never seen before and it was every time uh his birth name was mentioned I was about to say that the way they the handled sound, the birth name the sound stopped so it's either the sound completely stopped or you got that white noise sound. And a, um, they also superimposed a block over people's mouths. Mouth. Yeah. yeah. So you couldn't even lip read it. So it's like the name was there, but like you don't need to say it. You don't need to hear it. It wasn't important mm. to the story. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was that was um, mm. something that we haven't seen before. This very conscious detail not just the kind of blocking the name out of the script and like not writing it in, but also having it written in, but like the audience doesn't need to hear it, but not just hear it. They don't need yeah. to see someone lip, uh, saying it. You don't need to know what the name is. Yeah, The way that Abby finds out about it as well is that um, she sees it on um, written down and it was blurred out. So even in, even then we just, we have no idea what it is and, and we shouldn't. And why would she, as we just talk, talk, talked about last week. Why do you so it's not, it's not needed. Um, but it was it was the first time that we've ever seen that. Yeah, that was that was great. And not also, I enjoyed was, not that it was not just the first time we've seen it not written into the script. Mm. That the conversation is written because the conversation happens. It mm. will happen all the time. Trans people will be asked what their birth name is. If you get with a partner mm. who is trans and they feel comfortable to tell you, you will have that conversation. Mm. It may come up accidentally with a drunk mother or a um, a pill bottle or accidentally seeing an old passport mm. or an old driver's license. Yeah. So it is likely that you'll see this name, but it's how you deal with it and and process it. Mm. Um, well, I so, think it's I I think it's a very layered um, show. So yeah. So how many nipples would you give Work in Progress? Um, I think I'm gonna give it a good five. I'll give mm -hmm. it five nipples. Um, because I feel like if I go up to six, what what else is my highest? Mm. Um, bear in mind that you gave CJ from five, maybe five and a half. I'll give it five and a half the same match, but I think if the plot was more commercially viable, it may have got a six. I think I struggled with watching it sometimes because um, maybe because it's too real. I think that's that's it. I did I did enjoy watching it, but I struggled sometimes watching it. Not just because of watching it as a queer person, and kind of seeing these parts of queer life, but also as somebody who has OCD and depression. Mm. <laughs> um, it was a bit too real at times. I was like, oh, kind of like watching myself on the TV now. I'm just gonna uh, disengage for a moment. And I think that that could be its downfall. Is that um, it is 
too real for a lot of people. Things that happen in the relationship to specifically to Chris, um, plenty of trans people will identify with that. I do think that it's 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 a great show to watch to kind of understand more about how the identity of your partner doesn't take away from your sexuality and your sexuality doesn't take away from the identity of your partner either. Mm. And it's like, it's it's that whole thing of you literally just fall for who you fall for. Mm. Um, and, and that's that. And she didn't suddenly become bisexual or straight mm. just because she was with him. He didn't suddenly stop being a man because he was with somebody who he knew only dated women. Mm. They just liked each other. Yeah. And that was it. And they still had their identities and, and that's and that's it. So yeah, so you're giving you're giving it five nipples. Yeah, I'll give it five and a half. I mm-hmm. mean, I think how about yourself, Noah? If you could give it a set of nipples. <laughs> um, um, I'd probably give it five as well. Um, I think it's a really interesting um, queer perspective that we haven't really seen before. Um, and um, I think the fact that mental health comes into it as well because queer people are more likely to live with mental health problems. Um, You're not alone, kids. I think, no, not alone at all. Um, I think that, that all of the aspects that are covered, the... Um, the relationship stuff with the your your identity doesn't take away my identity that mm. kind of thing um, it's dark at times it's very very mm. dark at times so not great if you're probably not doing fantastic with your mental health at the moment the first episode is shocking um, could be triggering does involve some form of, of a death that's mm. all I'm giving um, so yeah so we're going with we're going with five you sticking with your five and a half work in progress Five nipples, five and a half nipples. Five nipples, yeah. five and a half. I'll give you more yeah. nipples. Um, definitely recommend watching on Showtime. It's currently on uh, Sky. I think it's playing on Sky, so you should be able to catch it on Now TV. Um, Marvellous stuff. Yes, definitely do. So that was that was episode three. Closing statements. Closing statements. That was episode three. We hope that you have enjoyed listening to our discussions on queer life and our, our own identities um, getting up close and personal with oh! you guys um, hopefully you uh, you feel like you know us a little bit bit more dull oh, um, you told you about our lives and our journey to find out who we are we have an Instagram we have an Instagram now um, it's uh, Behave podcast on Instagram, um, we also have an email address. Oh. Um, oh! So the email address, if you would like to send something in, is uchbehave at gmail.com. So if you would like to send us any stories, we are we're hoping to start a, um, a new segment, um, and we're going to have a loving relationships um, episode in a couple of weeks. Um, so we're looking for people to give us um, stories about kind of dating or using um, apps or things that have happened with partners or friends or, or anything. Anything that um, the interaction has just made you say nope um, and phone down. Uh, we want to we be able to hear from you. We have watched a lot of Channel 4 sex shows. We have. So nothing will scare us but everything will entertain us. Indeed, everything. yes. Not to mention that I am a trained sexual health professional. And I have worked had in sex. This, and you have had sex. Yeah. I can attest to that. I was there for some of it. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening again. Uh, I have been Noah. And I have been drinking. 
<laughs> otherwise known as Akeem. And thank you for listening to... Oh, oh behave! behave.